and broadcasting podcasting 103 miles between each other it's your favorite podcast that you listen to every thursday hi everybody george cough desmond mclaughlin with you here on the fifth quarter podcast this is the fourth season and the fourth episode of the fourth season we'll break down last week's college football action and look ahead to some big matchups as we start conference play once again, George Koff with you from College Station and my colleague Desmond McLaughlin in Houston. Desmond, how is everything going there in the Space City? Pretty good, George. It's looking a little gloomy outside right now. As you said, it's our, what I like to call the Wendy's episode, 4 for 4. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get going, man. <laughs> hey, 4 for 4, week number 4 is uh, Adding to that, I believe there was like an NBA uh, college college basketball player that wore number forty four last year just because he loved the Wendy's four for four. So <laughs> talk about nil right there. Like you know, who knows? Maybe he'll he'll wear it again and this time get free Wendy's this year. Who knows? Yeah. But speaking of free Wendy's, Desmond, there were a lot of freebies last week, mm-hmm. including some shutouts in in our two schools. And I think we should just right get right into it. What do you think? I agree. I agree. Let's do it. Yeah, let's start with Houston. Grambling State. Okay, we, we, we knew it was going to be a, a, a blowout. I don't think we were either expecting a, shoot, a shutout. I mean, they were 40-point favorites. I ended up looking up the, the spread later. And, hey, Ogabugu, the you know the Cougars quarterback, quarterback. Yeah, he looked really good. Mm-hmm. No, he did. Like, and we didn't even play that well in the first quarter. We really didn't play well. I was, I was, I was nervous about losing, but I was nervous about how he looked. And you know, then Clayton Tune went down, right on the back of quarterback. Took him a couple of you know possessions to get back into the swing of it. But he, he looked, he finished with two hundred yards, two touchdowns. He did not look bad at all. Um, I was trying to look up news on Clayton Tune. All you could see is that they're waiting until after practice. Um, they said he's been struggling with the hamstring injury that he got. Um, they played Rice. They said it was kind of bothering him. Um, so we'll see what happens um, throughout this week. But, I mean, no surprise about that game. Just looking forward uh, to playing against Navy this week. Yeah, and, you know, Clayton Tune must be – I believe the injury is very similar to what Tyrod Taylor is dealing with with the Houston yeah. Texans. Hamstring mm-hmm. where you put you try to run too much and and, you know, early in the season you're not quite – to that, you know, level you want to be playing at, and, you know, those bones aren't being used as much um, in the off season. But hey, if they have to roll with Ogabugu, you you got to be happy with that. The future yeah, of the program. Just, we'll see what he can produce. Yeah, the future of the program looks pretty bright. And you you just mentioned to it, Desmond. Navy comes into town. Navy has not looked good. Uh, they have not found a way to really just move the football. Uh, there's been talks that. Uh, Coach Ken, he's the head coach there at a Navy, could be gone if uh, the season doesn't go to the right way for the midshipmen. What does Houston have to accomplish if they want to beat the Navy midshipmen at home on Saturday? They just got to keep the offensive game going. Like, we were standing still a lot throughout the game, which is why I was nervous. But once we once we get the ball rolling and we get some deep throws in, we look, we look super good, you know? Um, so I've chatted 38-27. Um, I think spread is about 14, so this is my pick for Navy's going to, you know, cover the spread, but I don't really think it's going to be a game, you know. Okay. Yeah, Navy is a 20-point underdog. 20, so, okay. Yeah, so even, even better, even better, you know, in that 17 
or that 11 point range that you have. I actually think that Houston looks good enough. I think it's going to be 35 to seven Houston. I think they're going to continue the defensive production and, and, and success that they've had since that really, honestly, since the second half of that Texas tech Houston game, this Houston defense, of course they faced rice and grambling state, but they've yeah. looked really good. They scheming wise and, and, and the way that they've, just shown court, opposing quarterbacks what they've got. They look like they can really take down just about anybody. Um, so I think that's a really positive. I mean, that's seven points allowed in the last eight quarters of football. That's pretty good. Uh, no matter what, who you're facing, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so speaking of shutouts and defense, let's talk about the Aggies as the Aggies welcomed New Mexico into Kyle Field. And boy, Desmond, uh, 34 to nothing. When you say it like that, yeah, that's a big win. That's AM's first shutout since 2016, first shutout over a power FBS program since 2015 when they beat Vanderbilt 25 nothing. Obviously, you know, you would have liked to see more points from the AM offense. But I liked what I saw. Um, last week I talked about Calzada. If AM wants to win this game handedly, they gotta have 300 yards at least from Calzada and no turnovers. What did Calzada do? 19 for 33, 275 passing yards, three touchdowns, and one interception, which honestly I'm not even going to fault to him because he threw it. It took a review to turn it over. Like it's a pass that you probably shouldn't make anyway, but like, you know, it had neither, no consequence. Even if New Mexico scored, they weren't going to get back in the game. So um, Calzada did what he had to do. I think that part of the game is solid. Defense, holy moly, Desmond. Can we talk about the AM defense for a second? This is this is a unit that has seen some ups and downs. They're either really good at defending the pass or defending the run in previous years. And this year, it just looks like they kind of put everything together. And I think that is a testament to Mike Elko. That's a testament to the defensive scheming that Jimbo Fisher and Elko have worked together on. That is just a testament to the talent you have on the field. DeMarvin Leal, you have Leon O'Neal there in the back, you know, on, on the back half of the of the defense. Edrin Cooper, who got his first interception as an Aggie. I don't know how else to describe it. There's not enough superlatives to talk about this Texas A&M defense. I mean, I know we can talk about, oh, really good defenses. Desmond, they're the number one scoring defense in the country. They have allowed 17 points in the last three games, in the th first three games. That's an average of five a game. I mean, thoughts that you had? Oh, they looked great. I mean, no surprise at all, George. Last week, I think we were debating what I said. Ames would come out and just blow them away. That's exactly what they did. Um, but I'm really interested about the Chills' next game. I'm, I'm ready to see what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and you kind of leaded right into what I was about to talk about. AM Arkansas playing at the Jerry World AT&T Stadium there in Arlington. And Desmond, you kind of mentioned it just now. Curious how things are going to play out. Arkansas has a really good run game. KJ Jefferson can run the ball. He's a really good quarterback that can run the ball. That has given Jimbo Fisher some fits in the last few years when you face a dual threat quarterback. Same thing with Nick Saban. Nick Saban, very similar scheming with Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher having struggle struggling with defending the dual threat quarterback. For me personally, I think... I think if AM plays their style of football, they don't have a problem. They can run if they can run the ball and if they can occasionally stretch the field and throw the ball, I don't really think there's a big problem here. 
unlike some of the other people in the national media and, and people looking at this game saying, well, wow, A&M's going to ha- have their have their fits with, with Arkansas's offense. I don't really see it that way, and I'm not trying to see it in an A&M lens. I'm truly seeing it based off of what Arkansas's defense and A&M's offense can have. I'm very happy with the way the offense played. I think they're in a position where, hey, Calzada, he's got the he's got the reins right now, and he he's he's incredible when he can play really good. When he can find that throw, perfect. I mean, for him, that's a lot of confidence too that he has now had. He's had six quarters or seven quarters really of good football that he's been able to see. Okay, now this is how the scheming works. This is how the game plan is. Uh, for me, I think AM's going to struggle if they don't have their full offensive line. There's been a few offensive line injuries. I think that might be the biggest thing. If if AM can't get a good, if they can't have the guys they want to put on the line healthy and available to play, then that run game is not going to be able to work, which then means you're not playing your your style of football and you come into an AM Colorado type aspect where you have to air it out. You get lucky, you get a great play, and you completely take all that momentum. Uh, for me, I think this is a, a one possession, one score game. I have the Aggies winning 20 set, uh, 24 to 17. I would even expect it to be closer than that. Um, yeah. So this one's going to be a really fun one. I'll be there for the first time. Hopefully that's not, you know, surrendering the, the magic that the Aggies have won nine in a row. You know, I haven't been to any of the games at Arlington and AM was, is, uh, has won all of those. My first AM Arkansas game was last year at Cal Field and, you know, we won that one, but I don't know. We'll see. Desmond, what about you? What 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 do you think needs to happen here for the Aggies to uh, avoid the upset? I mean, this is to play hard and also not underestimate Arkansas. I, mean, I kind of am with the media hype saying that this will be a, a test for a You know, I'm not saying it's going to be like back and forth nervous, but it definitely will be a test. I mean, this is like their first SEC game of the year. Um. I haven't really played anybody like of you know stature yet, but I definitely think that they have enough to get away with the win 24-16. Calzada is gonna have to play as good as he did last week and limit the turnovers, and I think they'll be straight. Yeah, AM's a five-point favorite, and that line okay, has so continued. Yeah, close game. Yeah, and that line has continued the drop. So I wouldn't expect it to I would expect it to maybe be somewhere between the three and five point range as we get to kick off on Saturday. Um, so 2.30 kick on CBS, national attention. I think this game is really going to define how the Aggies are perceived the rest of the season. If they come out really, you know, firing on all cylinders, we could be looking and talking about an A&M team that's in the top five that is welcoming a, you know, an Alabama team that has had some defensive trouble, which we'll get to in a second here. Um, I, I just, that game in two weeks, A&M and in, 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 uh in, in uh, Alabama at Kyle Field, oh boy, it's just getting closer and closer, and it's getting more exciting because I think A and B is trying finally putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and there might be some chance for you know a possible upset, but just a really good game to 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 play out there. That's in two weeks, and we'll talk more about it in the next few weeks. But for now, we're going to take a two step around the state of Texas, as we have now kind of honed in on that being the segment na- name for this next. Uh, next part of the podcast and we start with the chancellor spurs up for grabs between the red raiders and the longhorns and desmond you saw a lot of these games while you were at texas tech including 
two very good games between the Longhorns and the Red Raiders in 2018 and 2019. So Desmond, I ask you this, what, what should be the focus here as it, it, for this game in Austin? What, what are we, should we be looking for a big 12 shootout or is this going to be something where Texas is going to sh- find a way to defensively mastermind the Red Raiders? It's going to be the same thing every single year. <laughs> this is probably one of the biggest rivalries on tech campus. There's going to be smack talking. There will be fights. Big 12 shootout, though. Always a big 12 shootout when these two teams play. Um, I think this week, unfortunately, I'm going to go with the Longhorns. 56-45. Texas Tech, they are undefeated as of now, but they almost did lose to Stevens Austin a couple weeks ago. I don't know if we had the chance to talk about that, but that was a very, very close and rough game for them. And as I said last week, Texas blew out Rice, just dismantled them. <laughs> as I as that's gonna happen, they're just gonna keep continuing on because they have this pressure on them now. The nation is watching them. Yeah, and and I think the key too is they made that change in, in quarterback and Desmond Thompson. Casey Thompson looked really good yeah. last week. And yeah, you could say it's against Rice, but Desmond, it doesn't matter if you have a change in quarterback and it goes really well. You have to be feeling some confidence, some extra confidence there. So uh, maybe things will be looking up in Austin, but. Of course, that's a Texas team that has Oklahoma in two weeks. I believe they have TCU next week. So that is just a rivalry-filled next few weeks for the Longhorns that you have to just maintain that same uh, mentality every week. This is a 1-0 and mentality. We're going to win. We're going to get this rivalry. We're going to beat these teams that we should be going into the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma in two weeks. I have Texas winning as well, 45-41. Um, this is something that people have been talking about. This rivalry could continue, even if Texas moving into the SEC. Uh, so we could see something there. Um, I think, though, if anything, bragging rights are going to become not as like, oh, man, not as like hyped up because, you know, once the both teams end in the Big 12 with Texas moving on, I think it's going to be like a Texas where it died for a second. And even if you try to bring it back, it's not going to have as much flair to it. Um, so I think you're going to want to relish these last few uh, battles with the Chancellor's, uh, Chancellor's Spurs being up for grabs. Um, should be a good one, though, in Austin at 11 a.m. on ABC. All right, the battle for the Iron Skillet, Desmond. This was a game that was supposed to happen last year. Didn't happen. Couldn't get rescheduled. It's the 100th meeting of this SMU and TCU rivalry. SMU barely won last week on a Hail Mary. TCU mm. they've had their own struggles who wins this one, and what are you all watching for here in Fort Worth? I, I, I think it's going to be a good game, but you know, mostly just because I was I read a lot. I didn't know much a lot about both of these teams. And I was reading on the expert pick, so I'm, I'm going to kind of side with them. Though TCU 38-17, but I did see that um that hail mary catch that as me won last week. That was. That's insane, man. <laughs> yeah, Robertson had a fantastic grab there in the end zone yeah. to win it at, as uh, as the buzzer sounded in Ruston, Louisiana, over Louisiana Tech. But I'm with you too. I think that TCU is going to win. Um, I think TCU's offense is for real. I don't like their defense, and I think that's where it's going to this game is going to be defined. If both offenses come out firing on all cylinders, oh boy, you better sit in, grab your popcorn because we're in for a wild ride. I think that's serious, seriously. And, you know, I think it's going to show why SMU maybe belongs in the Big 12, 
YSMU belongs to be part of that conversation that Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF were a part of. Yeah. Um, 34-33. I think it comes down to a missed extra point, ironically. Uh, so TCU winning that one at 11 a.m. also on uh, this time on FS1. TCU is a 10-point favorite, Desmond. So we'll see. We'll see. I think it will be closer than that. Um, yeah. For sure. All right. Our final game as we two-step around the state of Texas UTSA and Memphis and Desmond, you keep looking at me like, why are we picking UTSA? Why is UTSA? I, I, I know her. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I know you know why, but our listeners are probably like, why UTSA? Well, let me put it this way, Desmond. This game is probably the best group of five matchup this week. Uh, Cincinnati's resting up for their game against Notre Dame next week, which should be a fantastic game, depending on what Notre Dame does this week. And the Roadrunners, hey, they're three and zero. They're three and zero. They are showing that they have an offense. They beat Illinois a pretty good run game in Illinois that they were able to contain Memphis somehow squeaked out a win against Mississippi state in a game. They probably shouldn't have won. I don't know if you saw that punt return and for all my Mississippi state fans out there, I am so sorry because that should have come back in so many different ways, but Hey, it was an sec officiated career that screwed you over. So, so sorry <laughs> to put it, put it nice and evenly there. Um, but Desmond, you look at the schedule, UTSA, the only, you know, miss, they have a really good chance at running the table in the conference USA. Um, so do the Memphis. Memphis, the, they don't face Cincinnati in the regular season, so that they'd face Cincinnati in the conference championship. So I think we're going to get a really good game at the Liberty Bowl here on Saturday. For me, I think UTSA can get it done. And uh, no, no surprise here. I'll say it later in the podcast, but UTSA is my small school this year. I think UTSA is a really good team. I think the Roadrunners have something to prove this year. Um, I've got them winning this one 34 to 30. What about you, Desmond? I hate to do a Thunder George, but I'm going to have to go off with Memphis on this one. You know, 35-20. But I do like, I do like, you know, your selection for your small school. <laughs> yeah, I think I do think UTSA, the only thing that they do struggle at a little bit is they can find a way to struggle passing the ball. And I think if they get into a, a deep deficit, they're kind of screwed over because they're going to run the ball and you can't, you can't make up 14 points by just running the ball. We've seen that not, we, we've seen that in bigger college football, not be able to happen. So I think that's where the, the only biggest flaw, but I do think coach trailer will, will turn that around. He'll start to see he has to pass the ball. And even if they do get into like a losing streak of some sort, they'll be able to say, hey, this is our problem. Let's go fix it. Um, so ESPNU, 2.30 kickoff. So in case you needed just a break from the a game for a little bit, um, go uh, go turn on ESPNU and watch this one, UTSA in Memphis. I'll be keeping my eye on it while I'm at the stadium in, uh, in Arlington for sure. Um, all right, Desmond, let's pick the games here as uh, we have the last four years. And let me tell you this, Desmond – Still perfect on your upsets. 3-0. You can courtesy thank um, BYU for that one last week, being able to beat your former small school in Arizona State. State. <laughs> uh, I am 2-1 against the spread. I have to say, I'm kind of surprised at myself because I didn't really think that was going to happen. And I've, after starting on a terrible note, I'm two and, I've am two. i won my last two against the spread. So, uh, um, you know, upset watch. I got my first upset. Michigan State. Somehow pulled out a not just an upset, Desmond, a complete domination over Miami. <laughs> so uh, I saw that. Yeah. 
So uh, shout out to my Spartans there uh, for able to get me on the board on the upset. So let's see if we can't get back to 500, get things rolling, start to feel comfortable, start to feel like, hey, I got a chance to get back in this race. But we'll start with our first Friday night game that we're picking on the podcast this season, Wake Forest in Virginia. Desmond, Wake Forest is going to surprise some people um, so far. They haven't really played much competition in the ACC yet. They played Florida State, but let's be real, Florida State is not the best in the ACC. Virginia had a fell in an offensive shootout that I've never seen before in the ACC between North Carolina. Um, two really good quarterbacks there. I Do you think Wake Forest wins this game? I think they create some chaos in the ACC and uh, watch out for the Demon Deacons. 41-31 on Friday night. Desmond? All right. Brandon Armstrong, the quarterback for Virginia. He's been putting up some yards. I mean, he put up 340 the first week, put up 400, and then put up 550 in a loss. And every single every single game is thrown for more than two touchdowns. I think the same thing is going to happen this week. I'm sorry, George. I'm going with Virginia, 37-30. Yeah, it should be a really good game, though, on Friday night in yeah. prime time. I think uh, ESPN is going to have a lot of people watching this game on Friday, for sure. So uh, you can tune in tomorrow. ESPN2, UVA is a four-point favorite. So mm-hmm. could be really close. So, you know, who knows? All righty. We move to Saturday matchups. And uh, Michigan and Rutgers, they're playing at the big house in Ann Arbor and Desmond. 3-0 versus 3-0. I don't think anyone expected Rutgers to be this good. Um, now, granted, they have played lesser competition. Um, and the biggest storyline for them is they're going to be out two of their best cornerbacks because of a paintball incident that uh, uh, resulted in arrests for the Rutgers uh, star players there. Uh, don't ask me how that happened. I don't know why. Um, either way, I believe the suspension is due to athletic rules. It's not even um, because of the arrest. It's because they got off on bail, but I believe it's this, you know, if you get arrested, it's a one game suspension. I think that's going to make Michigan win. No doubt. Um, I think it would have been closer if those two guys were available. Michigan wins 38, 28. It might even be bigger than that. Uh, Something special. Something is brewing in, 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 in Arbor. So watch out. I know we say that every few years, but this might be the year it actually happens, especially with Ohio state. Not the not the greatest um, in the Big Ten. Yeah, George, I agree. Michigan's going to win this one, forty-one twenty. Rutgers won't have the offense, and you know Michigan has zero turnovers this season so far. They're, they're looking pretty good. Yeah, indeed. And R- Rutgers, I don't think has any turnovers either. So uh, could be interesting. Okay. So we'll see what happens. Michigan's a twenty-point favorite, and that's on two thirty on ABC. Um, all right, Clemson and NC State. Clemson has no doubt been the most confusing team to try to figure out what is going on, why they're having problems. We saw DJ Uyongale have a fantastic game against Notre Dame last year. We saw him, you know, find a way to keep this Clemson team in games while Trevor Lawrence was out with COVID last year. But this year has been a completely different story. Clemson has scored, I think, one offensive t- or like three offensive touchdowns. They have only allowed a defensive touchdown. I'm I'm concerned for Clemson because NC State can throw the ball really well. They've been able to generate offense. Desmond, this game is called the Textile Bowl, is is like the rivalry name between these two schools. There's going to be some tricks and, and some spools of thread, if you will, up NC State's sleeve. 
And Desmond, this is my upset pick of the week. Oh, my <laughs> Yeah, I, I think NC State, they're at home. The last time they beat Clemson was at home in 2011. I think they do it again 10 years later. I think Clemson gets a wake-up call. This is for them to really, really get things going. I like uh, NC State and the Wolfpack to upset a top 10 Clemson, <laughs> 34 to 20. I don't know, George. I just I think Clemson's defense is still pretty solid. I, I really do. And they're still working on, like, the offense, but it's still kind of early in the season. I'm going to go Clemson 27-14. All righty. Well, we'll see what happens. Bold, bold upset pick this week, George. Hey, Clemson's only a 10-point favorite, which is not as not as big as you would expect, especially against an NC State team that, you know, they've shut out. They, they had a shutout week one. They struggled in the Cowbells in week two. And last week they were able to dominate. So I think it's just going to be depend on who, what Clemson team shows up and what NC State team shows up. Yeah. If Clemson packs the offense this week. Oh, yeah, they're going to win. But uh, based off of previous, and especially last week, against a Georgia Tech team that is, nah, mediocre, they were only able to get 14 points. How do you get 14 points against a Georgia Tech team that is just meh? I, I, I don't buy it. And I know their defense is good, but again, you got to at least have some offense to get you through. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens there on Saturday. All right, Desmond, game of the week, college game day, big noon kickoff. Every eye in the national media is going to be looking at Chicago and Soldier Field, Notre Dame and Wisconsin. This is just an old school matchup. I mean, this is like, this is as old school as you can get. The last time these two teams met was 1964. I think that just mentions it, you know, what we're going to be looking at for the fighting Irish haven't quite shown their dominance that they have quote unquote came in with preseason wise, you know, those expectations, Wisconsin, they're still trying to battle off that loss. They took to Penn state, which is looking better and better as Penn state's getting better and better. I think Wisconsin wins this game and I don't really have a rhyme or reason, but this is going to be a defensive shootout. This is going to be a game where if you like defense, you better be watching this game. It's going to be, it's going to be 13 to six Wisconsin wins. And that's all field goal. That's one touchdown. Well, George, I think, I don't know. I think they put a couple. I'm going to have to go 27, 21 Notre Dame. Oh, they are are undefeated at Soldier Field. They are going to keep that tradition going. Okay. Okay. We'll see what happens there. Big noon kickoff, 11 a.m. on Fox. All righty. Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Desmond, this is a Big 12 game that I think might might set the expectations for the Big 12 this year. Kansas State, you know, I kind of like Kansas State. We talked about Deuce Vaughn early, you know, week one. We talked about, you know, I think he could win the Heisman if he really gets a lot of touches. He currently has 371 rushing yards and five touchdowns, which is top 10 in both categories among running backs. In fact, top five in the rushing yard category. I think I think Kansas State's going to have to rely on him, especially with Skylar Thompson, their main quarterback, being out uh, for a while. I like the Kansas State Wildcats to win this one. Uh, don't expect them to keep winning. I think they're going to need to have a good quarterback play to keep winning, but they're going to rely on Deuce Vaughn this week and get it done 42-35 over the Cowboys. I'm doing no SNL. Oh, boy. 
Let's make it 4-0, baby. This is my upset of the week, unranked Oklahoma State over the 25th Kansas State. They're going to bring out the pass rush. And even though they had a tough game last game, but they only threw for 75 passing yards. So that's definitely something that gets me a little nervous choosing this upset pick. But, I mean, it's the Big 12, man. 42-35 on going Oklahoma State. How funny. Same score, just one way or the other. Could be really interesting on ESPN Plus at 6 p.m. on Saturday. Um, 4-0, baby. 4-0. We'll see. We'll see if Desmond can continue his uh, perfect season. Desmond, I believe I started 5-0 last year on my upset pick. So you're doing oh, a similar boy. start to what I did last year. But we'll see if that ha- it continues. Alrighty, Saturday Night Football takes a trip to Norman. And Desmond, let's just be real for a second. Oklahoma. They shouldn't be in the top 10, personally. They haven't shown offensively that they deserve to be in the top 10. Um, They barely beat Tulane. They probably should have lost that game. They dominated whoever, Western Carolina, whoever they played, you know, 68-0 or whatever it was. They beat whoever knows, or they beat Nebraska last week, barely. Uh, Nebraska held them to the lowest points in the Lincoln Riley era, uh, 24 points. I, I just would love the pick against Oklahoma, but Desmond, here's the key statistic. West Virginia on the road against top five teams are 0 and 25. Make it Owen. <laughs> sorry. I, I wish, I wish I was that bold, but sorry. 0 and 26. It is for West Virginia. Boomer sooner 45 to 20 for Oklahoma. I had guys on the score, 45-30. Um, yeah, West Virginia, too many turnovers so far. When you just got a man like Spencer, you just got to ride it. But I agree. I don't think they're a top 14, but it's still early. It's still early this season, you know. We haven't, we haven't gotten to the middle of the, the really good battles, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, West Virginia is coming off that rivalry win over Virginia Tech. So they may have some momentum, but I won't. Too much to really try to think that that's going to change anything. Alrighty, let's speed it up here on our last few picks so we can get the Desmond Small School. Iowa State, Baylor. Uh, Baylor, surprisingly, you know, starting off 1-0 in Big 12 play, but they beat Kansas. That's not really a great, you know, measuring tape, if you will. Iowa State, they had some troubles against Iowa. They corrected those this past week against UNLV, a really bad UNLV team. Brock Brock Purdy kind of looked, you know, confused. I think on play calling, he got that fixed up, had three touchdowns last week. Um, I like Baylor. I really do, Desmond. I think Baylor has surprised a lot of people strictly because we didn't know what their offensive production was going to be, and they look pretty good offensively. Defensively is where I think they could use some help. I'm going to go with Iowa State, but this is my underdog pick, Desmond. Iowa State's going to win by two, and they are seven-point favorite, so Baylor covers the spread. Baylor covers seven points, but end up ends up losing 23 to 21. I agree. I think Iowa State is going to win this one 38-30. You know, Baylor's defense has not looked good this year. That's going to equal for Iowa State just running all over them. Um, so that's my prediction for that. Yeah, no, it's going to be if they can't get it in check, it could be they could they may not even cover. Um, but I'm banking, I'm banking on the fact that they'll be able to play some defense decently early, and then you know, eventually it will start to to crater but all right speaking of craters 
Kentucky's in a crater where they really haven't been able to show themselves as a top 25 team, yet they are 3-0. and So, Desmond, it begs the question. They play South Carolina. If they beat South Carolina, should they be ranked? Yeah. Well, I think they're going to do just that. South Carolina has a really good uh, start to this. You know, they have a new coach and Shane Beamer. And, um, you know, I, I like Kentucky to win this one and get into the AP poll. I really think that's possible. And I think they do get it done. 34-17 over the Gamecocks. I agree, George. Uh, I think it's going to be low scoring. I have a 17-10, but I do think Kentucky gets the win. Yeah, could be really interesting. Kentucky has a decent defense when they do show up. They didn't show up last week, but when they do show up, they do have a pretty good defense, uh, a defensive group. 6 p.m. on ESPN2 there on Saturday. All right, Desmond, wrap it up here. You heard my small school, UTSA. I think the world wants to know, who are you taking in this 2021 season? Well, George, I mentioned them earlier. They almost beat Texas Tech. I'm going with Stephen and Foster, baby. Keep it, keep it, keep it in the state. Let's go. Okay, okay. You're going. With they, the... they, they just came off a 58 to 13 win. Okay, you're taking the uh, the SFA Lumberjacks, huh? Lumberjacks, baby. Desmond, they play Sam Houston next week, and I think that's yeah. a a pine. I think they call it like the battle for the piney woods or something like that. Should be something <laughs> interested. You know, try to keep the 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 the, the um, what do you call it? The fans on their toes here. So we're both going with in-state schools, UTSA and SFA. Um, So should be exciting here for this final season of the fifth quarter podcast. We'll call it wraps here on week four and we'll join, join us next week when we'll hopefully be breaking down a Texas A&M victory and a Houston victory here over Navy and Arkansas, respectfully signing off here for the fifth quarter podcast. He's Desmond McLaughlin. I'm George Goff, and we'll catch you next week here in your headphones and wherever you listen to podcasts. So long, take care and adios.